Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a uh, Wednesday morning. It's 6.08. We've got 29 degrees in the capital city to start off your day on a way to a high in the uh, mid to upper 30s. Cloudy skies, windy, blustery once again today. i uh, got a good show for you today. It's Wet Chaps Ride Wednesday, so uh, you can now get your hide chappings in to the Rickstown Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. We'll take your calls at 710 as well to uh, let you get you, it off your chest and uh, become a, uh, a more pleasant, impactful, uh, helpful person. Uh, to your family, friends, family, friends, pets, and coworkers. Uh, Eight o'clock hour today. We are going to talk tech with Jason Peterson. A little bit of a uh, kind of a last minute tech gift guide with Jason Peterson. Plus some big news uh, from Apple that came out yesterday. You're going to want to know about how that's going to impact some of the things you can do with your phone. Uh, and then eight thirty five today, we will talk. Husker Sports with John Bishop. So we got a busy pack day for you on this South Bellway opening day in the capital city. Yes, four hours, just under four hours from right now. Uh, we are going to, uh, we are going to have the South Beltway official opening. The governor, the mayor, other dignitaries will be on hand. And if you would like to today, you can, uh, you can do a little cruise. You can see what the future is like. On the South Beltway, uh, after uh, after this concept was dreamt up, discussed as early as the 1960s, heated up in the decades afterwards, and then came to fruition. Now, I did see that they've got the signs. I don't know how long this has been there. I just noticed it the other day. But they do have the signs changed along the old Highway 2, and it now does say uh, Nebraska Parkway on there. Uh, so if you, you might notice that, but it is, uh, it is finally the day is here. Uh, I feel like I want to drive it, but I don't really know what I would do if I did or why I would, I guess just go if I need to go to, uh, Southwest Lincoln, uh, maybe I'll go to the casino or something tonight, Mark. I I think you should make a quick visit to your palatial vacation home in Beatrice. That's true. I could go do that. You know, just. Stream right down there and stream right back. Yeah, well, Caleb's taking Caleb's uh, checking in with it during Christmas break, so um, I don't I don't really have a reason to go down there now, but we'll see. And I have that's to be like a, ten days away. At work. Though. I know that's true. That's true. Do I your plants still need water? Can they make it? I don't know. And who's going to feed the exotic animals as well? The obviously, I've got the uh, I've got the exotic animal. Many are calling well. you Nebraska's Tiger King. <laughs> That's right. I mean, those uh, those giraffes, right? We got to make sure they've got water and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that is uh, today is finally the day for the South Beltway after uh, after years and years of discussion. So, I'll be curious to see uh, if any of you check it out today. I I, I feel like maybe I feel like maybe the uh, the experience is not going to be quite as exciting as I'm building it up to be in my own head. <laughs> like, well, it's a road. <laughs> I just want to, I think like, I think the biggest thing is I just want to like sort of get a sense of, uh, okay, how would I use this? Like what places 
what places would I use this to get to? And it's since you're still like a year away from the exchanges really being done. Other than 68. Um, yeah. That's open. From all of them completely done. It might be a little bit hard to do that, but nonetheless, um, it'll, it'll a really significant help. day. It'll really help the traffic load on Nebraska Parkway. Yes. Remove those. Yep. Yeah, through, that through traffic. That yeah. Well, those of you drive Highway Two, uh, regularly. The, oh, sorry, Nebraska Parkway regularly. We'll be interested to see what you think in terms of uh, you know, in the afternoon drive today. See if that feels feels differently or not yet, or if that's going to take some more time. It's so Nebraska Parkway, but yes. you drive on the Parkway. And you park it, on the driveway. Yeah, yeah. I beat you to that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, all right, other things that we've going... Uh, speaking we, of not driving, you still can't go west of North Platte on I-80. Uh, that's, uh, man, that is something, Mark. Uh, you can't get into Colorado, can you? Nope, or, Wy- or Wyoming. Or Wyoming. If you had uh, if you were going skiing this week out there, uh, bad week to, to pick that. You might have to drop down. I don't know whether 70 is open yet uh, or not, but you might have to drop down into Kansas. It well, was closed for a while. I saw one tweet from somebody I follow that covers news in Shadron where they said at one point yesterday they just pulled all the plows off the street Well, yeah, in Shadron. Uh, Rusty Dawkins had um, a picture of uh, a friend of his, I guess, or an acquaintance in his hometown of Gordon, yeah, I Which, saw this. I retweeted and, this. And uh, a lot of snow. It was one of those deals where you open your front door, and <laughs> with the wind, it's drifted up against the house that it was just... Uh, the, About eye level. The snow was, yeah, the snow was over halfway up the, the door frame. And, uh, yeah, you got a, you got a sense of just how crazy it, it has been out there. So a lot of, lot of out west, a lot of school cancellations for a second straight day there. Meanwhile, uh, Lincoln saw some rain and then sun came out, uh, had, you know, it was a windy, but otherwise pretty pleasant afternoon. And then I saw the National Weather Service from Omaha tweet out, Hey, the next two hours are probably going to be the nicest it's going to be outside for a long, long time, <laughs> yeah. which was very impending. Um, that was not the most encouraging. Those not the most encouraging tweet that there was yesterday. But uh, yeah, the the cool down next week. The cool down. That's probably an understatement. Uh, the Arctic air uh, still looks like it is going to be entering here Wednesday, Thursday of next week. And if you were listening to the show yesterday, you heard Doctor Ken Dewey say that he thinks there is a high likelihood of a white Christmas in Lincoln, Nebraska this year. Um, the timing on that probably looks like the middle of next week, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, but obviously that'll that'll develop as we go forward. But yeah, enjoy enjoy these uh these next few days of highs in the thirties, maybe up to forty on on Sunday before the real cold comes in for really for the Christmas holiday. That's that's when it'll be here mostly. Uh, so there you go. Uh, big, big hearing. Well, it was a big hearing. It was a hearing yesterday, uh, in terms of how the secretary of state, according to state law is supposed to conduct recounts that are requested by candidates. And this goes back to the legislative race here that covers Lincoln, uh, with, uh, Russ Barger and George Dungan and, Barger, as we've talked about a couple of times, requested a recount. Hand he, recount. He requested that it be a hand recount. Secretary of State's office said, we're not doing a hand recount. Uh, we believe that we've got discretion to do this. We believe that the law indicates that we can uh, and should do it by uh, by machine count. Uh, 
Barger says, well, it's just going to be the same thing then. If you use, you know, use the same machine, we, it would make more sense to do it via a hand recount because that would pick up possible errors within the machine. So they went in front of a judge yesterday, had about an hour hearing on this, made their arguments. And judge, frankly, Mark, I mean, unless the judge is going to have to make a ruling in a few days here. Yeah, uh, otherwise, because it's out of time. Certification has to be done on the 20th. Yes. So they, yeah, they do not have a lot of time to, to get the ruling in. And then, you know, if they are asked to do a hand count to be able to do that in time to beat the deadline. So, and, and the thing could, uh, the, the filing could get thrown out on a technicality. Yeah. They forgot to properly notarize the, uh, how do you know they didn't properly notarize the filing because they did it electronically or something. And, and I don't, I, it's, yeah. they've changed the electronic filing system since I was, practicing so i don't know exactly how that works but yeah the judge may the judge was asked by the state to throw the whole thing out where they would have to refile and that would start a new cause of action and if they did that my guess is they're not not gonna have time to do this thing so we'll see what the judge does about the technicality on that as well so we got that going on and then we've got uh news from nebraska football which you mentioned there in your newscast the athletic department doing something that I and others have said for a long time, uh, th- this seems like the most obvious way that you quit the concern about people uh, not coming to games as much as they used to, the potential of the sellout streak being an issue. I mean, it's a pretty simple issue of supply and demand and price. Economics 101, if you want people there and they're not there, you decrease the price <laughs> so more people are going. And Caleb, they finally have actually done that in a in a in a significant way well I, i'm going to be interested to see what they come out with for single game prices but for season tickets they're reducing that price down to 320 dollars. so that's under 50 dollars a ticket over the course of seven games um that's down from this past season where it was 420 dollars for the seven games and uh, now that does not include the donations the donations for the levels depending on where where you're at in the stadium this is just the tickets themselves so um if you've got a thousand dollars a ticket donation per game. Well, that that's donations not going to change. Okay. But this is just for the tickets themselves. Three hundred twenty dollars for the seven games coming up in twenty twenty three. Matt Rule's first year. Going to be really intrigued to see if that does add any new season ticket holders. How much people? Obviously, a hundred dollars off is still a hundred dollars off. Yeah, um, it's still less than fifty dollars a ticket. What's that going to mean for the single game ticket prices? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, this is the most obvious way, if you're concerned about that stadium not being full, mm-hmm. the most obvious way to, to change that, which is make it more affordable. And, and frankly, uh, it is it is for a lot of people, it is completely cost prohibitive for, for folks to go to, especially season tickets, but mm-hmm. to games at all sometimes now. When things aren't going well, if you're creative on the secondary market, you usually can. Yeah. You usually, for a lot of the games, can get in the door for ten, fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, you can. Uh, but but overall, I think this. You know, I again, you just do the math of it. Is if they're eventually not selling this thing out, but it's at a higher rate. You know, it makes it makes a whole lot more sense to go to a lower rate, sell it out. You're making up some of the income that way, and your overall revenue may may end up being down, 
but I think overall that's a that's a positive thing um, to be able to do. So I'm hopeful that the result is yes, the face value on individual tickets mm-hmm. will end up being being less too. Um, it's just it, and most people it's a reality of the value of it right now. Most people aren't going to the game by themselves too, right? So yes. so if the the ticket just to get in the door is say sixty dollars. Um, which is what season tickets were this past year. It was sixty dollars per game if you just put it over the seven games. Um, obviously, some games feel like they're worth more than some others. Right. Um, but you, you, when you start to add up, am I going with someone else? Well, now that's one hundred twenty dollars. Am I taking a family of four? Well, now that's two hundred forty dollars. That's just to get in. Yeah. That's not everything else that's going to go with going to a game. Yeah. It, I mean, it just sounds. It sounds really high. It sounds. It sounds really high. Uh, to 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 do that for that experience right now, and uh, there, there's there's two things that need to happen for for them to get to a place where they're consistently selling that place out and having the sort of demand that they've had in the past. And number one is take a look at the prices, and then number two is the product's got to be better. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for sure. You, yeah. You've got to. I mean, how many years? Right. There's a lot of enthusiasm to get in there for the first couple of games of the year, but November comes along. There's a bowl game out the window. Uh, the weather is getting worse at that point. And I mean, you can, you can see it in the stands. There's less of a desire to, to be in there. So, and if the um, product's good, people won't care about the weather. They'll still show up. That's, if, yeah. If, that's, if the product's that's good. That's true, too. Yeah. Because people are showing up in bad weather. Right. And the product hasn't been there. Yeah. So, um, I I think finally it's um that that makes a that makes a whole lot of sense to actually uh, make that more accessible for a lot of people at least with the season tickets. We'll see how many people take it. That that'll be the interesting question, Caleb, is how many people who are like on the line about season tickets because you you know you, as you mentioned um, for some of those season tickets the donation factors in as well, and so mm-hmm. perhaps that was the thing that was prohibitive for people, not the the extra you know hundred bucks or whatever right. for the entire season ticket. Well, and then there's, I mean, if you're just talking season tickets, I think there are places that you can get in the stadium that the don- the donation is basically nothing. Yes, yeah, I, I think you're right. So so when when you're talking season tickets, not all of these are. 10 rows up 50 yard line yes. west stadium you know um some of these might be south stadium mhm yep 80th row yeah. or whatever yeah so there you go but i think that i mean in uh, overall I, I i'm glad uh glad they're doing this i think it's a, a step in the right direction i think it's the it's the obvious next step when mm-hmm. you've got the issues that you do right now there what's so. the donation level do you think for the uh uh, seats there at, at lead place in the penthouse uh oh no it depends what uh it depends on the person who owns it is uh is charging or who where they want the money to go i'm just yeah. gonna run a canned food drive that's, <laughs> yeah. that's where that's where i'm problem at. is it's kind of it's uh it, the, the the downside is that it's a little bit hard to see exactly what's going on with the game even though you can you can't see it up there so Anyway, those are uh, those are the things going on this morning. Anything that I uh, missed, Mark? Here, um, in terms of big stories, you know, we had a pretty serious accident downtown overnight. I saw this. What, three, in a parking uh, garage? In a parking garage, uh, four seriously injured, um, non-life threatening injuries. Alcohol a factor. Okay, crashed into a wall in a garage. Okay, so other than that, uh, forty-one million in opioid settlement from CVS Walgreens coming to the state. 
My goodness. And uh, Jeez, they got the, what, they got a week or two ago, they got the Jewel settlement. Now they're getting uh, this settlement on the whole thing. Yep. So. But, the, I mean, it's like $10 billion. And so, you know, Nebraska's portion pretty small. Yeah. So, yeah. and the other thing uh, coming up, uh, it's always uh, quite a project, is the wreaths across America. Uh, they place the wreaths uh, at soldiers' graves. Well, Saturday is the wreath placement at Wayuka Cemetery, and they're still looking for some volunteers. 2,000 wreaths they place okay. in Wayuka. All right. All right, so that's what we've got going on today. Again, it is uh, What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. If you haven't heard it, this is the day of the week that we open up the airwaves for you to contact us, however you prefer to contact us, by text, by Facebook, or by phone, uh, for you to express those little things during your day that might be bothersome, that kind of drive you nuts, uh, but maybe don't seem like the biggest deal in the world to everyone else. So we let you get those off your chest. We find that you are a a better, more productive person when you're able to do that. So that's coming up at 710 today. Don't forget to text in your chaps to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400 or use that Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. All right, we'll grab a break right now. Caleb's got a check of sports. And we got the sound off coming up in 10 minutes. You listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. And oh my, do I have a lot to get to today in the Sound Off. So we are going to jump right in today to the news that's going to be impacting you happening around the country and the world. Uh, We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but today is the day that the Federal Reserve makes their announcement of what will likely be another, yet another rate increase, but perhaps a less steep rate increase that we've seen time after time during 2022 so far. The central bank will be delivering its final interest rate decision of the year in its quest to tackle surging inflation. This year, Fed officials have raised rates at the fastest clip since the early 80s, and they're expected to raise their benchmark interest rate half a percentage point, which would be a decline from four straight mega hikes of three quarters of a percentage point. The Fed will also deliver its economic projections, and Chair Jerome Powell will be holding a press conference 
conference after the rate announcement. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. All right, so we talked a little bit about that, that, you know, the news there that you've had the continual rate increases. The hope is uh, to start to tamp down inflation, but the uh, the questions that come along with that is uh, how much closer do you get uh, the country into a recession economic situation, uh, but the amount of the increase, the 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 people who are in the loop seem to be saying it will be a less of a steep increase, a half percent rather than three quarters of a percent. Um, but we've talked uh, talked quite a bit here over the last several months uh, about what some states are doing with the TikTok app uh, as it pertains to their executive branch and having it on their phones, but maybe some more sweeping changes coming if U.S. Senator Marco Rubio gets his way. Republican Senator Marco Rubio introducing a bill Tuesday that would ban the popular social media app over concerns that China could be using it to spy on Americans. TikTok is owned by Chinese parent company ByteDance. While ByteDance is not officially state-owned, it could potentially be compelled to hand over information to the Chinese government. The app has more than 100 million users in the United States. Several states have already moved to ban government employees from using the app on state-issued devices. Anna Eliopoulos, Fox News. All right. Uh, News from the science world yesterday. Some are calling an historic announcement and historic breakthrough fusion with a net gain of energy achieved and announced yesterday. U.S. government scientists now say they've made energy by fusing hydrogen atoms into helium. They've never been able to do it before. When the result was a net energy gain, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Ignition allows us to replicate for the first time certain conditions that are found only in the stars and the sun. Nuclear fusion has long been thought of as the holy grail for clean energy production as it is nuclear power, but with no radioactive waste. Eben Brown, Fox News. All right, so (laughs) 192 lasers. Uh, they basically aim 192 lasers at some hydrogen atoms. Mm-hmm. They pull the trigger, and for a split second, the atoms become a plasma that generates a fusion reactor. Okay, a reaction, I should say. Okay, so here's the, what they're talking about: a net gain. The lasers themselves gave off 2.5 megajoules of energy, and that in turn caused a reaction that heated the atoms to millions of degrees Celsius. And uh, under those conditions, I mean, this is like the surface of the sun here, then those atoms will fuse, they become helium. helium, And in that case, the the fusion gave off 3.15 megajoules of energy. So you can do the math, 2.05 megajoules of energy to 3.15 megajoules of energy. That's what they're talking about when they're talking about a net gain in this whole thing, basically producing about 1.5 times as much fusion energy as you're using to, 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 to drive the lasers in, in this whole thing. Now here, here's the issue with that. Um, this, the, this amount of energy doesn't do much, right? In order to, um, to actually power much of anything, you need this on a much, much bigger scale, um, and that might take well into the next century to get that. 
And then, you know, there are people saying, well, that, you know, by the time, by the time you get later in this century, you're going to still have, be creating so much waste using other methods that it's still going to have the negative impacts. Um, and, and it's going to be too late to do anything about that. So you got to start somewhere, though. You do. You do. Uh, yes, you absolutely have to have to start somewhere. Because the alternative point. is you just abandon it. Yes. Right. Right. So they say there's a pathway basically to to get uh, to to get to the point to achieve hundreds of megajoules per of yield for each of these times. But it's it's but this they're still saying it's it's maybe the biggest fusion breakthrough of all time at this point. You just you got to have. 192 lasers essentially <laughs> to uh to do this at this point so anyway um let's see ah the uh we have a change at the top of the rankings for richest person in the world caleb and uh elon Falls out of the top spot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The billionaire CEO of Tesla and Twitter is no longer the wealthiest person in the world due to the tanking price of Tesla shares. Musk is now in second place with the top spot now going to French billionaire Bernard Arnault, chairman and CEO of luxury goods maker LVMH, with a net worth of over $187 billion. As Tesla stock declines, so does Musk's wealth, which is now over $174 billion. His riches are largely tied to Tesla's share. Musk has held the crown of the world's wealthiest man since September of 2021 when he overtook Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. All right. Well, it was a good run. About a year and a half, little under a year and a half for Musk uh, before he got un- unseated by this French guy. Uh, but still, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. So um, not, not going to fret over it too much. But his is so tied, as she said, to that. That Tesla stock, which is hurting a little bit right now, and and that certainly impacts where the allocation, uh, the valuation of the allocation of his uh-huh. his wealth as well. Uh, all right, more good news at the pump. Uh, if you're uh, thinking about doing some more extensive travel here over the holiday season, uh, the impact on the wallet for the gas itself is not going to be nearly what it's been over the last several months. Gasoline prices keep falling and may hover around $3 a gallon on average during the Christmas holiday. Things are looking better. Refineries have raised production, and that's what's helping to lower both gasoline and diesel prices ahead of the holiday. Gas buddy analyst Patrick DeHaan on Fox business. The time of year also helping push prices down because with bad weather and shorter days, people tend to drive less. Prices have already fallen below $3 a gallon in 15 states, and AAA predicts many states may even see the average price drop well below that. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Now, it is my understanding that there are places in Lincoln now where you can get gas under three dollars for the first time in in some time that now the 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 average as of yesterday was about 325 a gallon that actually dropped five cents from the day before and down 30 cents from middle of november um but average gas prices already under three dollars a gallon in a bunch of other cities uh as well uh i saw in uh uh, in Olberding's article about this in the Journal Star, Norfolk has av- Norfolk's average right now, guys, two sixty seven, two sixty seven right what? now in Norfolk. The, I mean, there's all, you know, it's it's interesting because there's always seems Lincoln always seems to be the worst place to get gas price wise. 
But that gap is is really crazy right now. Um, if you're talking right two sixty seven to what did I say three twenty five from the from the cheapest place in the state to here right now, it's that's not that far away. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, you are now uh, now going to find probably, and you're probably going to get more here in Lincoln. Uh, that's under three dollars, but go to some other parts of the state if you want to get actually cheaper than that. Uh, all right, other things going on this morning. Uh, New Zealand uh, taking one of the most aggressive policy stances against smoking and against tobacco products that you will ever hear of. There are going to be people who are younger who are just never going to be able to legally buy tobacco in that country, according to their new plan. The new law means anyone born on or after January 1st, 2009, will never be able to legally buy cigarettes. In effect, the legal age will start rising every year. So 50 years from now, you'll have to prove you're at least 63 to buy tobacco in New Zealand. But health authorities have an even more ambitious goal, to make their country smoke-free by 2025. Ministers say if the country can kick the habit, billions will be saved in the cost of medical care. Opponents worry the policy will put small shops out of business. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. That makes it a real challenge to get those fake IDs to work. It's one thing to uh, to be 16 and need an ID that says that you're 18 or you're 21. It's another thing to be 16 and need a fake idea to show that you're 66, for example. Yeah. That'd be a lot. It's a lot more difficult. Um, have you noticed more and more and more over the course of especially the last few months, more spam text messages? Now, mine peaked uh, around the election. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently. Parties or whomever in other states thought I was voting in their election constantly. The amount of spam texts I Boy, got. Boy, Arizona really wanted me to support a couple candidates. The amount of spam texts that I got about saving Colorado's future was <laughs> was uh, was crazy. Uh, but it, it seems like it's been a trend for a lot of people. You're not the only one. The company RoboKiller that blocks spam calls and texts reports Americans receiving roughly 18 billion spam texts in October, but that number jumped to about 47 billion in November. That's a 160% increase that translates into 173 spam messages for every person in the United States. A popular trick, the misdelivery scam. You receive a text that looks legit saying there's a problem or delay with the delivery. Indiana University Cybersecurity Director Scott Shackelford. During the holiday seasons when tensions are high, we're paying extra for shipping, maybe we wouldn't think about it as closely. The Federal Trade Commission has information on how to recognize, block, and report spam text messages on its website at consumer.ftc.gov. CJ Pop-Up, Fox News. Now, the calls are still way worse than the texts for me, personally. I'm still getting, I don't know, three to five calls a day, I, I would really? say, almost. Mine have gone way they have down. Gone, actually, they have gone down a little, but yeah, but they'll, I'll still get, I'll definitely get three calls a day, I would say, on average. I'll tell you where I'm getting way, way more spam than than a couple months ago. Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> really? I, I, the amount of just sponsored tweets that I see that are, that are clickbait. Yeah. I mean, I, you'll get those. It feels like every four or five tweets if you're yep. just scrolling on your phone now. So. Sounds like somebody's trying to make some more money, huh? Uh. (laughs) Uh, Hey, one of the big shipping deadlines coming up today. So if you're sending Christmas presents out, 
Take a listen to this. You want to uh, make note of these. And you thought you had more time. The first holiday shipping deadline is here for delivery by December 24th. FedEx taking no chances. Home delivery shipping deadline is Wednesday, December 14th for the lower 48 Alaska and Hawaii. After then, you'll have to spring for FedEx three-day, two-day, or same-day final deadline, December 23rd. The U.S. Postal Service giving more time leeway. Deadline for retail ground and first class is this Saturday the 17th. Priority mail Monday the 19th. After that, you have to spring for Express closing December 23rd. UPS, three-day select deadline next Tuesday. After that, more money for second day and next day air closing December 22nd. All right. Therese Crowley, Fox News. All right, so you're, you're going to FedEx it and you want to do it regularly. Today is the day to get that done. Uh, well, Caleb, uh, as, as you well know, and many others, uh, Taylor Swift is on top of the world right now, despite mm-hmm. obvious problems with getting tickets to her shows. Uh, she puts out this new album a couple of months ago. It's going berserk. It's on top of the charts. Midnights. Yeah. Midnights. And, and people are going nuts trying to see her shows. It doesn't seem like anyone could knock her from the top. Oh, but there is one person. Mm-hmm. There is one person. Taylor Swift's run atop the charts after the release of her album ends thank you to the non-trademarked queen of christmas Mariah Carey has floated to the top of the Billboard Hot 100 charts once again with her annual Christmas hit, All I Want for Christmas is You. She booted Taylor Swift's latest song, Anti-Hero from Midnight's, back to number six after a six-week streak at the pinnacle of the list. However, it wasn't an easy task to take Swift down a notch. It took the combined powers of Carey's holiday classic and Christmas to knock Swift off. The top four spots were taken by Christmas songs. Following Carey was Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock, and Burl Ives' A Holly Jolly Christmas. Michelle Polino, Fox News. <laughs> so now that they include streaming numbers in the Billboard charts, which they obviously didn't, every year now you get these old Christmas songs that pop up on yeah. Billboard charts in ways that they never had. Like Because Brent- people just let those playlists go. Yeah, like uh, yeah, that's exactly. Like you tell your Echo device, just play you know christmas music which tons of people do mm-hmm. those song those four songs especially yeah. are on like every general christmas list that there is um, how far down the list is wham that's what, I, I was a little surprised by that i bet it's on there i bet if you if you dig down there but like brenda lee that song by brenda lee like that never those songs never charted like that when they came out Right, never originally charted like that, and so now every year they're just they're bumping up at this point, and uh, you might get there. There were a lot of people were saying maybe this is the year that rocking around the Christmas tree becomes number one for the first time since it came out and whenever it whenever it came out with that whole how about how about Burl Ives potentially going yeah. to the top of the yeah. chart? Burl Ives knocking off Taylor Swift. Uh, on the top of the charts, that's amazing. Uh, all right, uh, a couple other things here. That I want to get. Actually, we're about out of time. Let's see. Let's finish. Well, let's finish with this one. Then we'll take our our break. Um, this is always interesting. They they did the uh, the new studies to figure out which fast food restaurant produces the most loyal customers. Which fast food restaurant produces the most loyal customers? Any guesses 
on this one? Chick-fil-A. Well, let's see if you're right. Market Force asked about 5,000 people across North America about their fast food habits and experience and found McDonald's was the least likely to impress customers. Chick-fil-A beat out all other chains when it came to loyalty, oh. followed by West Coast favorite In-N-Out. Papa Murphy's, Jersey Mike's, and Raising Cane's rounded out the top Papa five. Murphy's? The survey looked at five factors, food quality, speed of service, friendliness of staff, atmosphere, and value received for money spent. The Golden Arches received much more positive feedback than negative, but was bogged down by more negative feedback than the other chains. Gianna Jalosi, Fox News. Honestly, God, I've not thought of a Papa Murphy's in a Papa decade. Mur- I did not expect them to be on. The rest of them kind of make sense. Yeah. But I did not expect Papa Murphy's. <laughs> In and out, their fries are so bad. I'm sorry, I get it, all you people West Coast roots, but man, those fries are terrible. Good for you on the West Coast, but it's garbage. They're terrible fries. All right, six fifty four. We'll take a break. That's it for your sound off. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. They done it, and now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK today. All right, 656, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Officer Chad joining us right now. Hi, Chad. How are you doing? Uh, you know, this is the first day I feel well enough to leave the house. Oh, you're sick, too? <laughs> well, it's like everybody's sick right now. I had a heck of a sinus infection. I'm okay. still kind of fighting off. So, All right. Yep. Well, we're good. I'm back glad. on our feet. I'm glad you're good. Uh, you know what? I should I should ask you. We were talking about the South Beltway opening up today. Yes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what LPD kind of... Uh, sees in terms of the change of of patrolling former highway to now Mm -hmm. nebraska uh parkway with hopefully fewer trucks on it and hopefully you know accidents down issues down there well i for one plan to go sit at ninth and van dorn and just kind of look to see how much traffic is actually coming off of van dorn to keep going south on highway two because yeah the truck traffic down there was just horrendous for well for years yeah yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm sure you guys were dealing with all kinds of stuff that came along. Oh with yeah, that. we would honestly we'd get a lot of complaints about semis that wouldn't use the the furthest right lane, which you're supposed to. Yeah, which is annoying as heck. I I drive Highway Two every once in a while, going from work to pick up my daughter at school, and it's it's just infuriating because you can't get around anybody. But mm-hmm. uh, we we really do hope that the Beltway opening up is going to relieve some of the traffic That'd stress. Be great. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a nightmare some yeah. days. Yes. Uh, all right, let's talk about Crime Stoppers. Tell us a little bit about what we have going on this week. Uh, first one we have is back-to-back. We're going back to August 10th. Uh, the suspect pictured here is reported to have taken multiple items out of a citizen's vehicle, uh, including a debit card and about $900 in cash. After that, the suspect goes and uses the fraudulent uh, debit cards at several different businesses in Lincoln. Pretty sizable loss here. Okay. Uh, the next one we have is just because I like the way he's dressed, Cowboy Boot Gamer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, this guy's wearing a Wichita State University sweatshirt. Okay. Camouflage hat and cowboy boots outside the pants. Uh, he's reported to use a stolen debit card at the Walmart at 87th and Andermatt. Um, before he does this, though, he stopped and played some games at the claw machine. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't quite get that one, but yeah, we got some really good pictures of him and that, that I almost want to say filthy, dirty Wichita state sweatshirt, but why is he wearing his boots like that? He's wearing the, there are, I haven't worn a lot of cowboy boots in my life, but even I know you don't pull them up outside of your jeans like that. I have two pair of cowboy boots and they don't go outside. That's, that's a fat, let's hit the claw game before we, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. I'm, I, I'm not sure what the deal okay. was there, but 
I yeah yeah all right we'll take a look at <laughs> take a look at uh, that those claw games you never win those things anyway I I saw one of my daughters win them once really she must have played it twenty five times and finally got a stupid little stuffed animal there you go that you could have went into the store and bought for two bucks right it also entertained her for half an hour That's or so true. all right there you go all right uh, linkingcrimestoppers dot com if you want to help out uh, LPD with these cases that they're working on check that out and you can find out how to give some anonymous tips there. All right, thank you very much, Chad. I appreciate thank it. you guys. All right, 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right, let's jump in. We provide you a venue to get out those things that are getting under your skin, even when perhaps other people around you are not necessarily willing to lend you that listening ear. We are, and uh, we think that it's going to benefit you. We think it's going to benefit the entire community, in fact. So open up to us right now on the Rickstein Recognition text or phone line at 402-479-1400. And we got the Facebook page going as well. Why don't we start there um, with Peter? Peter says, what is chapping his hide, which is my pants belt, which is either too tight or too loose. One of those situations where you just don't have the hole in the exact right spot. You're between notches. Yes. You, you have you have you ever tried to make your own hole in a in a belt? <laughs> I've tried that in the So past. the belt that so. I use actually doesn't have notches. Oh, is it one I mean, of those weave yeah, ones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're great. Really? Huh. I feel like they're so clamps right down. I feel like that doesn't provide like the you know the intense tightness that I like, though, like it's a little a little too loose. My expanding like gut stretchy. says it does. <laughs> that's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I resemble that. <laughs> yeah, there's a not. There, I mean, Peter makes a good point. There is a real. It's really hard to find that perfect belt tightness, right? Because you ever do this thing where you're like, man, my belt is. It feels like everything's falling down. My belt is loose, and you're like, I just need to jack this thing up one more notch. And it's going to be perfect. And you do, and you get it there, and you go up the one notch. You're like, okay, now I'm confident that nothing's falling down, but I'm also wildly uncomfortable mm-hmm. right now. Um, 
So there you go. That's yes. why suspenders were Suspe- invented. Listen, I, I, I can understand why people go to suspenders. I can understand why people go to suspenders. Um, I haven't made that choice, uh, but I, I see why people do. Uh, Mark says uh, he's upset with the, the streetlights. Yeah, the blue and purple streetlights. I thought they were changing them out a month ago. Terrible, he says. Well, that's that, Mark. This Mark likes them. You, yeah, Mark Vale actually likes. Them. I want more of them. Well, I think it's yep. gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be bad news for you too. Oh, it's gonna be bad news for all of you. They are changing them out, but I don't think they're uh, doing it quite. I'm quickly, enjoying the pace of the process, Mark. <laughs> I like it. Move slower. Let me enjoy this a little longer. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Karen says, "What chapter? I drivers in a turning lane who are not completely in a turning lane." So I assume you're talking about somebody who gets in that left turn lane, but sort of straddles the line in between the left turn lane. And, or uh, when you've and got two lane. left turn lanes and they're... They're between the two of them? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, or if someone's just in, say the turn lane is just the one on the left, and they're directly in the middle lane. Like, they're not even in the turn lane, but they're just in that middle lane inching out into the intersection like they're right. waiting to turn right. it's like and I then think you guys need to go up another block and, and then you around. can add in people who don't go out far enough when they're waiting to turn left you're you're the person oh, yeah, yeah i i could take a few people out that do like that. when you're when you're second in line to turn left and you really want to get through this next light and the person in front of you is not being aggressive enough with their left turn and it puts you in a position where you're either you're either stranded, right? You're either stranded because you got your nose out there just a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or you're going through basically a red light because the person in front of you isn't being aggressive or not. I always wonder what would happen if you got a what what kind of a ticket you would get for that if a cop ever saw that, right? Where where you're already into the intersection behind the person in front of you. Okay, and they they really lollygag in turning left, and you're, so once you're in the intersection, my understanding is that you can go. So I'm not I'm not going through a red I, light then if I'm hanging out there in uh, the intersection. Officer Chad's you I know, should ask still him. still in the other studio. So all right, maybe I'll have to. Well, yeah. I believe he had said when when there were times that I was worried about, am I running this red light? Like because I'm just going the speed limit and then the light switches. He says, if you're in the intersection, you're fine. Okay. Then maybe it's, it's I always want, like, I, sometimes you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be driving and it's either, I don't know, bad, bad road conditions or you're on like a 45 mile an hour street. And even if you're going the speed limit and the thing turns yellow and you're like, it feels like it's more unsafe for me to stop right now than to actually go through this intersection. You ever had that, that sort of feeling? Like, yep. I feel like slamming on the brakes here is the less safe decision need, for everybody. I always wonder if that would hold up if I got pulled over. Uh, probably not. Okay. But uh, what you need to do is you need to be a little more observant because most of those, the uh, walk light will have uh, counted down. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So that you that's that's a hint. Yeah. But I tell you, the, the people that stay behind the uh, stop line or the crosswalk on a flashing left yellow. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Those are the ones that really irritate me, that stay way behind. Right, right, yeah, because you're not, I mean, yes, because it's hard to get turned then at at some of these places. Uh, Patsy says, people who are just plain unhappy here in Lincoln. I assume she means unhappy because of, of, of Lincoln or about Lincoln. 
I assume that's what she means, not just the fact that they're unhappy here at this point. So, uh, Phil says people who don't wear at least semi-reflective clothing while walking their dogs at five thirty in the evening. And then Betty says, and people who don't drive with headlights on at that time, uh, which is an issue. So uh, Todd says, here we go again, trying to navigate Lincoln at night in the hue of blue streetlights. <laughs> Got a lot of blue street. I, the, the, that's really coming through today with the blue streetlight talk. I'd, I'd rather people take some lessons in how to go through roundabouts. That's the one that's getting me. Really, nobody's ever mentioned that at, uh, on what chap share had. Um, Will says Nebraska football recruiting class ranked in the mid 50s. Is that true? In the mid 50s right now? Huh. All right. It's not super high, but you've also had decommits and you've got a new coaching staff going after different people. Yeah, man. I, g- giving up on following recruiting super closely was one of the best things that I ever did. Um, but, but yeah, well, hopefully, uh, I mean, I mean, Will's right. You eventually got to get the Jimmy's and the Joe's in there to have some, uh, some level of success. Uh, all right. We got anything on the text line, Caleb? Uh, yeah, several. I put them on right. the prep page for right. you. Um, sorry. I'm a little behind. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, since the phone lines are kind of, kind of dead today after they've been, that's fine. Busy. We got plenty of texts. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right. Prep page. Uh, Corey says people turning south on 56th and Owen. It's been clearly marked no turn for over a decade yep. and continuing attempting to turn as traffic stop behind you honking frantically. People still do. I didn't know people still did that. That's funny. Uh, Mateo says Christmas songs that are not about Christmas. I wonder what an example. So does he mean like let it snow? For instance, would that be what he's referring to there? Because that's just about a weather event, really. <laughs> Winter Wonderland, is that really a Christmas song? Could you listen to Winter Wonderland, for instance, in January? Right? I don't know if they even say anything about Christmas in, in that one as well. Uh, well, for that matter, Jingle Bells, right? Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, what fun? Yeah, that's, again, it's just about snow and and going out on the horse in some snow. Steve says, how about those people on the left turn lane and the little beep beep cars that think you're driving a semi and pull pulls clear out into your lane to turn left? How about those people on the left turn lane and little beep beep cars that think you're driving a semi and pulls clear out into your lane to turn left? Just I think people going wide. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, let's see. Andy says, Andy here. <laughs> drive through food ordering is chapping my eye. You go through a drive through for a fast meal and you get someone else's food or the order was made wrong. Just check the bag and ticket already. I will still t- I will tell you this. There are some places in town that have whether it be in indoor or through the drive through that they have got that system down to a science that I can't believe that they do it with the efficiency that they do it with. And then there are other places where uh, you, to high efficiency, there's a place right over here. Uh, the Chick-fil-A yeah. over there. <laughs> oh, uh, it's astounding. I got my kid. I went through Raising Cane's last week with my kids. I could, I saw the line. And I was like, oh man, there's no way I'm not doing that. And that, that's how that place always is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it was like nothing. Nice. That thing was like a hot knife through butter going through that one. Maybe our expectations are just so low because we've been in those really bad lines. Right, yes. And then we're like, how did you guys do this? Yes. 
Well, some restaurants just should not have drive-thrus. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that that's probably true. But man, it feels like, and, and I don't know if this is a post-pandemic thing, but it is like fast food. Do people even go in <laughs> to, to fast food? How many places? Like we were talking about that Taco Bell the other night, Mark, about how their dining room closes at nine, but they're still open till one. Um, you had a lot of places when, even past the pandemic, when you had employee shortages, that they would close the indoor dining room and go through fast food. I mean, I've got to imagine the the vast, vast majority of revenue for these places comes through drive throughs now. Well, especially when the dining rooms dining. are closed. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. closed, but even when they're open, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, probably. Although, well, you go to uh, drive by a McDonald's on a Saturday morning and the dining rooms are just packed. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well I, so are the drive-through, but yeah, that's true. Uh, still, I don't know it. It w- when Popeyes came out with their spicy chicken sandwich, that was an all-time ridiculous one in terms of lines. And then that Starbucks over by South Point on any yeah. Saturday morning, that one's ridiculous. There's probably some other ones in there, in there too. It used to just, be it used to be uh, Runza's on temperature. Oh, Runza on temperature. Two. That's coming. It is. That's yeah. Well, temperature Tuesdays coming. They do that in at the what January February. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll that'll be coming up here. All right, phone lines. Let's uh, check in with Steve. See what's happening inside. Good morning, Steve. What do you got? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Doing? I'd like to reiterate what you said earlier about gas prices in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> um, I travel quite a bit, and I don't have to go very far. I'll give you a prime example of this morning. I'm in Sterling, Nebraska, and we got a price of two eighty nine. Yep. Uh, it was in Omaha yesterday, two seventy nine. Yep. Um, Lincoln is always behind, and I kind of know. I think I know the reason for that. We have one big wholesaler that sells fuel to all these stations in Lincoln, and uh, he kind of sets the market and controls the prices, which. Uh, doesn't allow these distri- or distributors to distribute to the gas station. Doesn't allow them to, to market prices. Down. Yeah, to compete basically. Yeah, and I can't compete. And and it's the the crazy thing is it's it's always kind of like that, Steve. Like if you go to Omaha, but now right now for some reason it's bigger than ever because you said where you were in Sterling. I know Norfolk averages like two sixty nine right now, and Lincoln's still well over three. So we're like at almost a a fifty cent difference. At Correct. this point, it's crazy. And the Sam, and the Sam's Clubs and the Costcos, uh, hey, they're not competing either. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for the anyway, call, Steve. I appreciate it. I feel you. Have a great. Yep. Have a great day, man. Yep. Uh, yep. It's 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 crazy when you hear Norfolk's average price is two sixty nine uh, right now. Matt Olberding, though, this morning in the Journal Star said uh, there are some stations below three dollars in like. Yeah, there are some under three dollars, but the average is still over three here. And anywhere else, yeah. it's triple A average three twenty five in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. It feels like it's a bigger gap now than it even usually is here at this point. Uh, Midtown Dave, real quick, says those jumbo lighters, long reach candle lighters, grill lighters, whatever they're called, they don't work ninety nine percent of the time after their first usage. Click, 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 click. Yes, a hundred percent. Uh, Chaps Aaron says when a local radio host thinks he knows more about when Christmas should be celebrated than the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> there it is. People hate my moving holiday takes more than anything. I get it. Uh, and then Marshmallow Chat says that Paul's obsession with the Coddington and West Day roundabout. It's been open a year. Get over it, dude. You beat that dead horse one too many times.
All right. We got a little chaps on chaps violence here. <laughs> All right. 725. We'll take a break. Caleb's got to check sports coming up next on KLIN. The Holly's. All right. Let's get things started today with number five. Lancaster County District Court Judge Kevin McManaman is considering a question about the legislative race in District 26. Ross Barger has asked for a hand recount. Uh, Secretary of State Bob Evden said no, we'll do a machine reading count. So that's why they were in court yesterday. And we could have a technicality that actually gets it dismissed, but got to know pretty soon right so here's the interesting thing and and legislation isn't isn't as i've said before often isn't perfect it very frequently isn't perfect and so the courts end up interpreting what the legislators meant by this thing now if you lose a an election by less than one percent there is an automatic recount that is triggered and in that case state law requires that the recount be carried out in the same manner as the election therefore the election was done electronically state law would dictate that it was less than one percent that would also happen that way now the law doesn't have that specificity in it when you've got candidates who lose by more than one percent and so the plaintiff in this case the uh, uh, Barger, yeah, he, he is saying that there's a preference toward hand recounts based on arguments from different sections of, of state law and, and history at this point. And states coming back and saying, look, it's the discretion of the, uh, the Secretary of the State. Secretary of State, if it's not actually specified in there, and the Secretary of State wants to do it this way here at this point. It, it, it and so there was a back and forth on that. We will see. I, I, I mean, I would. I guess this is a big deal, Mark. If it is your belief that the machine counts are, have the potential of being pretty significantly inaccurate in the state right. of Nebraska, um, which I don't tend to think I've, you know. But th- this is just the national conversation: is trust around elections. I mean, that's what this whole thing is is really about in the end, because. This would allow, were the judge to rule in favor of Barger, that you, anybody who loses by more than 1% can go back and have the have a hand recount if they pay for it at their expense. But nobody's going to do that if they don't think it gives them any chance of winning, right, at, at right, turning yeah. this thing around. It's not going to be all that, it's not going to be employed all that often, right? No, not unless there's uh, I mean, absolute proof that there's a problem. Right. I, and, and I would, you know... It, the bottom line is I think it's it's incredibly it's it's pretty unlikely that you're going to flip that many votes even with a hand count compared to a machine count. Um well, the, the And if you do that's that that's pretty concerning, right? Uh, absolutely. But I I, I don't know, it ju- there's just sort of this this sort of general level of of distrust or possible concern in the way that votes are counted right now and you'd have to you flip, know, you'd have to flip 112 votes right. to, to make a difference. And that would be an actual flip. It, I guess the other question would be is, are there any votes tabulated that really, maybe they were left blank or a little bit of a speck? That's or, that's the idea, is yeah. is something like that where a, a machine, a human would take it, would look at it differently than a, a machine would for this thing. And there may be some of those, I don't know. Um, but that's a that's quite a quite a few to actually overturn at this point. So the Barger campaign is trying to raise twenty five thousand bucks to cover this all this. 
yeah, they count in the legal fees. Uh, like, uh, who's who? Who's giving their money to that? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, it's, it's, got, it's got to be people that that believe there's a there's a genuine flaw in the uh, in the process, and, and there's specifically in the county so, side. So, so we believe the 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 county and then the state in this point, which are by the way run by by Republicans, and, and both of them are are leaning on and defending flawed election counting <laughs> election counting things. Where I don't know. Um, It'd be nice to know what kind of tests they run on these machines to verify. Their accuracy, and I'm sure they do. I I just haven't. I haven't. I don't know if there's some level of of mistrust in what the county or the state is doing with elections here, with the people who are in place here. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So, but it's clear that there's some people who think there are. So, honestly, there's a part of me that would just like him to win this thing, do the hand recount, and have him come out and be like, "Yeah, it's pretty much still the same." Well, there was I think a, I would put some yeah, of this to bed. Hopefully, th- there was there was a recount in Colorado with um, Bobert, yeah, and the uh, vote count changed by five. Uh, What's it? Oh, it was five hundred, yeah. uh, yeah. five hundred or something like that, yeah. fifteen hundred. All right. Uh, oh, and then the other thing is they may throw this whole thing out because they didn't get the one of the filings properly notarized. Correct. <laughs> oh boy. Number four. 2023 is the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium, so they're knocking 100 bucks off the season ticket prices. Hey, uh, good idea. Something that we've mentioned on this show many times that makes sense to do. Make it more accessible for... Listen, if you've got seats that aren't always filled, and I know there's a sellout streak, but <laughs> your eyes would tell you that you've got plenty of seats that aren't filled. If you've got seats that aren't filled... Make it more accessible for more people at this point. It's economics 101, right? Mm-hmm. You want there to be more demand, lower price. You got too much supply, uh, not enough demand. That's the answer to this. So this is a first step in that. I know Trev kind of said it's a little bit of a ceremonial thing to go along with the anniversary, yeah. but I'm hoping this is a bigger look. Well, and, and they're going to. Trev said they're going to do that. So this is a one-off right now, this $100 reduction right. in the season ticket prices. $320 down from 420 this past year. But he did say after this season, they're going to look at it holistically, their entire pricing structure. It's not, off kilter. Not, not, not just the tickets themselves, but the donations as yeah. well. Where things are, what is equitable. I'm sorry, guys, but some of those that have been grandfathered in for several decades, and you've got really sweet deals, those might be going away or cha- changing a bit. Um, and that that's going to be something that they look at as they try to make it more affordable for the overall fan to get into Memorial Stadium. But there's those other ideas where we've talked about if you don't have all the tickets sold for a game and you get to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, slash those prices. Right. There, there's a lot of ways to do the this. The pricing is off kilter. I mean, it, it, and listen, I get it. It might have been on kilter in 1996, but there's enough that's changed not only with the program itself, but also with just the the opportunities that are out there as an alternative to going to the mm-hmm. game in person. And you've, you've got to kind of be flexible with that as well. So um, I, I, I think this is smart to do. I think you probably should. should I'm glad they're looking yeah. more closely at it. Yeah. I mean, what's good evidence of this? Look at the secondary market for these tickets. <laughs> yeah. What could you get in? Like, let's say you wanted to go this year to the, I don't know, one, one of the late games, the Minnesota game or something, mm-hmm. or the Wisconsin game. I'm, I'm going to guess you could get in the door for 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, if you if you us. if you wanted to go, you could take two people for under fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, probably. On the secondary which, market. which that's good if people know how to navigate that. But it does give you an idea of where the true value of these right. things. Now are. the other part of this is reducing uh, Memorial Stadium capacity. They're going to do a little bit of that with an east uh, balcony renovation that's going to become club seating. So those prices are actually going to go up for that particular area. But we also saw them trying to widen the seats, so redu- reduce capacity a little bit. That's the part. If you have too much supply, there are a couple of ways to fill 100%. to fill that supply. Make you it a better experience. To reduce be there. your supply. Increase your demand a little bit, yep. lower some prices. Yep. All, All right. of it works together. Number three. Long delayed state expressway system uh, is going to be adding about 11 miles to it. Officially, South Beltway, uh, Beltway uh, gets christened, if you will, or ribbon cut, or whatever they're going to do at 10 this morning. Yay! And, uh, but this is all part of the uh, expressway system that was uh, supposed to be done by 2040. Now that it's going to be done by 2036, according to uh, Nebraska Department of Transportation, um, this is the the whole goal of uh, on this is to get any city over uh, what is it 50,000, 15,000 people. They get to an interstate with a four lane divided expressway. Okay, we got about eight hundred million dollars worth of construction left to go. Um, all right, hey, so, I, I, again, I, I've uh, I've issued my praise for the way that. This thing got done, the efficiency with which it got done, and the fact that we're opening it up today as opposed to two years or six years or eight years from right now. Uh, so that's very good. Uh, I I don't know if I'm going to make it out there to get on there today, but I do want to kind of see what the feel is like to actually get on there and figure out how it might be you know, useful in what situations uh, and do that. And I don't know if that'll happen today or down the road a little bit, but why don't we, while we got everybody out there, why don't we start breaking ground on the East Bellway, huh? Yeah. 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 Keep, bring your shovels out. Let's just do two things at once since we got the governor and the mayor out there, don't you think? That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> no. No? Hush. Hush. No, I'm talking about <laughs> <Number> me. <two. laughs> Sometimes keeping your mouth shut is hard, All right. hard but uh, ridiculous amount of snow and wind and cold in the panhandle. About the oh western third of the state. I 80 still closed uh, from North Platte west into Colorado into Wyoming. Actually, yesterday afternoon, they started uh, making trucks exit at Grand Island because Jeez. they were running out of parking spaces. Wow. Carney, oh, my gosh. Uh, North Platte. So, uh, and that's the thing. Some of those, wow, like Carney and Grand Island, there's a lot of room to, to go <laughs> right. up and park, guys. Right. Wow. There's yeah. a lot of trucks that use I-80. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's the thing is that that's telling you just how much of an impact that's having. Oh, Huge, huge. <laughs> uh, what did we get? Did we get up to like the the two feet snow totals? Well, it's still snowing. Okay, it is. Uh, blizzard it is. warning remains in effect till eleven tonight, Mountain Time, in uh, the Panhandle. Uh, still Jeez. snowing and blowing. Uh, blizzard conditions still exist. Uh, a lot of the, I, I'm not even sure they're out plowing yet in most places. Uh, some roads are closed. Besides the interstate, uh, only emergency vehicles being allowed out. So, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's crazy out there. We saw some some pictures of, and and then with the wind there as well, Mark. You've got you've got the the kind of pictures that you see sometimes, like when Buffalo, New York, will have those massive storms, and people will open up their front door, and the snow almost has it closed in, so you can't even get out. Uh, or up to about eye level. Yeah, Rusty had a picture of of that one. So, um, you know, <laughs> good news, I guess, is we didn't have that here, but but. This caveat, 
the uh, the cold spell is coming. Uh, it is looking like you are going to have an extended cold spell starting just before Christmas and going into the end of the uh, end of the old year into the new year here as well. Yesterday, Nebraska Weather Service tweeted out there when the sun came out yesterday afternoon. They're like. Well, the next two hours are probably going to be about as nice as it's going to be for a long time <laughs> in Lincoln. And uh, it shot up there. Right? I had fifty-five on the truck. For- fifty-five, really? It was weird. It was so it was so odd. But uh, and if you missed Ken Dewey yesterday, check it out on the podcast. He says he thinks we're getting a white Christmas in Lincoln this oh, year. Oh, baby! So I think you're probably looking at what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. I would I would be uh, watching those models mm. if you're. If you're hopeful for that, that's a long ways out. It is. I mean, it's a well, it's a week. Yeah, a week, a week from now, we'll see if it happens. But he seems to think uh, White Christmas is happening. This Eleven year. days till Christmas. Christmas. I don't mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a White Christmas uh, if it were White Beach sand. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Number one. Some experts claiming that hearing Christmas songs on repeat. Can be bad for your mental health. This new a new study shows Christmas music makes people think about everything they need to get done, and can spark feelings of nostalgia, but also make people annoyed or stressed. I feel bad because I kind of feel that way. Like the, it, it's weird, but uh, so I like get in my car, okay, and I can turn on the the radio, and I can pick uh, if I'm listening to music. I can pick one of the stations. We got one here in our building, B1073, that plays Christmas music. Or I can pick one uh, in 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 the building, like the bone that just you know continues their regular format through the holidays. And there's always like a part of me that's like, I really just want to listen to regular music now, but I feel like I should listen to Christmas music. And I'll have this like, <laughs> I'll have this like guilt that I'm not listening to Christmas <laughs> music, which is in the end is really dumb, is what it is. But I think there's a little, I think there's a little truth to that for me, Mark. It just it feels like, oh my gosh. All right, two weeks left. We got to talk about presents. We got to figure out presents. We got to figure out all the travel. We got all this stuff to get done at work. Uh, Caleb and I have got to figure out what we're uh, doing with the show between Christmas and New Year's. I think of all of those things. And so I kind of get it. That's it. Request Line Friday. <laughs> we're doing more Christmas music on Request Line Friday. Hopefully, not stressing you out. It'll take you back to a time in your life when you weren't stressed. We're asking for your requests. That quintessential Christmas song that reminds you. Of your childhood Christmas, like those. Be- I don't know. I don't know what year Christmas is best experienced at. I would say maybe about eight or nine years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but that's my guess. So, mm-hmm. whatever that was for you, whatever that age was, what's the song that most brings you back to that era for you? And we're going to be uh, taking those requests throughout the weeks. So you can request them now at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred in the Rickstein Recognition Text Line. There you go. That is it for your morning drive. By the way, I'm not stressed over holiday. I'm just not stressed at all. I love this time of year. I just absolutely am ready to go. Oh, yeah? Not. Okay. (laughs) All right. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. That's your morning drive on KLIN. Hear the Husker. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. By the way, just heads up, tomorrow, Ticket Thursday, we're going to be giving away tickets to the Magical Lights of Seward. Uh, we got here is a hot really, ticket. It's a hot ticket, so be listening for your chance to play one of our games at 710 tomorrow and win tickets to the Magical Lights of Seward. All right, coming up next hour, Jason Peterson, John Bishop. It's 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. From the- 
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on a Wednesday morning, December 14th, 2022. It had been a while since we chatted with our next guest, our tech, social media, gadgets, marketing guru, Jason Peterson from Generate Marketing. And there's been a lot out there in the technological news world that I thought maybe you guys and myself could have some help uh, sorting through what it actually means practically. So great time to get Jason on right now. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jack. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to uh, glad to have you with us. Um, I want to jump right into to some of the headlines and just kind of get your your takes on some things. Um, so, well, first of all, it seems like the EU's regulation is is really pushing Apple in in some interesting directions. Actually, there was news about a month ago that they're going to be switching over to USB C instead of Lightning cables because the EU's regulation is kind of forcing that. And then the last few days, we've had some more news that apparently, um, because of EU regulation, Apple is going to. Uh, evidently loosen up some of the standards when it comes to their app store and something called sideloading um, and and those sorts of things. Can you kind of tell us what this what this actually means and then what it means practically for people um, who use iOS as compared to Android? So, yeah, so basically for as long as phones have been around, the biggest difference has been iOS has had a basically a closed environment where they've gone through auditing and certification of every single app that's used. In addition to that, you, in order to charge for a service, there's a process that Apple takes a certain portion of that. Now, um, in the Android ecosystem, there tends to be not much of an approval system. So, you know, there's been arguments made, which I probably would agree that the quality of the experience and the integrity of a site right, or app per se, uh, you don't have as many bugs, you tend to not have viruses and things like that. So what the EU is doing is, and again, to some of this, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but the consequences are going to be significant for end users. Everybody doesn't like viruses, right? Mm-hmm. I do so much support with people on iPhones. I, The amount of confusion that exists just alone on using a mobile phone is significant. What this means to consumers is that if people choose to do so, they can use a third-party store to load an app onto an iPhone. Now, Again, I'd say in the just me saying that's like awesome, that's really cool, great idea, whatever. More choice. But again, I think yeah, the first reaction I is more choice. Yeah, right. But but again, I'm telling you, the amount of people that are going to complain about getting a bad app, or when it, the phone is updated and it junks the the app or the phone, you're going to have it's it's a massive failure point. That's what I would say, and most consumers can't even comprehend that. So in theory. It's a great idea, but the success of the iPhone has been its ability to close the ecosystem so they've controlled the quality of the apps on there. Now, there's been some resistance related to, you know, how they charge and some different things like that. And, you know, I, I would say I'm I'm in favor of third-party payment processing, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this, Jack. I, I think we're going to open up a can of worms, and it's going to be a nightmare for issues, bugs, glitches. And people are going to complain, and my answer will be, well, <laughs> this is probably going to be the source of the issue is no longer will the apps be certified 
by Apple. Uh, okay, so I have a couple of follow-up questions. Number one, how does how much does this kind of change one of the biggest uh, delineating factors between Apple and Android um, in terms of why one might be better or worse than the other? Well, again, I, I would say, and as most of the listeners know, I, I still use an Android for some of my video production, so it's not like I'm an, an Android hater. But I will say when I'm dealing with someone that is not as techie, um, the experience and the tightness of the look and feel is probably a little more solid, uh, on the iPhone, but that's changed a lot. I mean, Android and Apple are potato patata sometimes. And I'd say the app experience has been really good. So I think, you know, one would argue it's, it's not that much. What is the issue is that there's going to be spam and virus and all kinds of awful things that people may Say, hey, I'm going to load that free game. Okay. Mm. Load the free game. Well, it puts in all this bloated spyware. It puts in this other garbage. Mm. So that's going to be the risk is not so much, you know, what's going to be obvious to an end user, but it's going to be the stuff that's behind the scenes that Apple mm. may not necessarily be able to prevent from happening. Interesting. Well, and, and I guess there's the option to just stay away from the stuff, right? Stay right. away from the third party exactly. stores, right? And just still Correct. stick with the App Store. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, on the one hand, again, I think, you know, you can go both ways. It's no different than a PC or a Mac. You know, they say, hey, right. this app is certified or not, but you can load it on there, but kind of enter at your own risk. So I think that's what Apple's going to have to do. Anything related to warranties they have, all that stuff will be null and void if you're loading third-party apps. And consumers are just going to have to learn that if they want to have that awesome warranty where Apple Care will take care of you, if you're loading on apps that are not in the App Store, most likely you're not going to get support. Yeah, you're right. It is very much like Mac exists now because there is a, a store, an app store, but like there's yep. some apps on there where I'm like, why am I going through the store? I could just download it from a browser, right? And and use it. Correct. Now. It's always been a little exactly. weird, weird as an actual Mac user to, Correct. but that's kind of what the experience will be like more. Okay. Yep, uh, good, good, good explanation there. Um, okay, so what the heck is chatbox and AI and all of these things? Um, because I've heard a little bit about it. You shared an article with me where it basically said it could be a short time where this kind of might make Google and their search algorithms and those sorts of things almost obsolete, which is insane, given how much yep. that's been dominant for a while. Tell us just what this is to start. Well, so for the longest time, and I think for the listeners, you know, the smart home devices where you talk to them and they do things, that's doing what's called natural language processing, where it's using a degree of artificial intelligence that learns over time what to do. Now, the reason this is a game changer, and I, I would say, you know, Google is still a very viable advertising platform. I have so many small businesses that get leads and so forth where there's a lot of criticism of Google, and I can't necessarily debate this, is they're constantly fighting the quality of search results. And I would say that to me is a little suspect when you're trying to get answers to things, okay? So this essentially becomes, it's a radically intelligent AI, which is, again, artificial intelligence that allows to process real-time a conversation based on people trying to find answers or searching for things. So I think the point of how this could change search is huge. Now, the one thing I will say is the caveat. They're like saying, hey, in two years, this is going to replace Google. The thing that we have learned through Twitter, 
we've learned through TikTok, Snapchat, is that I'm the person that tells people where to spend their advertising. Creating social media or ecosystems online that do not have a solid advertising platform built in ultimately fail or they lose money. Even before Elon Musk, Twitter was losing a million dollars a day. So I think to me, it's awesome. It's great. I mean, I think we have no clue how AI is going to change so much of our life in terms of the intelligence interaction. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, they're going to have to figure out how to monetize it. And that usually means ads. So uh, it remains to be seen how they would monetize the technology. But as far as how this could change in a conversation with a computer trying to find out information, Jack, I mean, we're already there with our smart home technology. You take this further down the trail, it, it, it's going to be pretty t- crazy town. Right. And uh, I mean, people are already just talking, even this, you know, the competition with Google aside for search results, there's just a lot of people saying like, this is some crazy stuff and I don't have enough experience with it to, you know, to really know what it is. But like, what, what does this do that, you know, five years ago, you, you probably weren't doing? It's just smarter responses yep. from AI. Yeah. I mean, essentially. it's, yeah, it's basically, if you can imagine, for example, I at one point was involved in a software startup where it was going to intelligently deliver, uh, answers the way, like it'd say, all right. I was going to send this this program all of my emails. It would learn how to talk like you. It would learn how to basically teach. And then it would learn the kind of social media posts. And then it would post for people in certain industries. Okay, that's like eight years ago, man. Yeah. So now what we're seeing is um, this iteration where imagine Alexa where you're having like a 20-minute conversation with a virtual person. That's where this goes it's it's hard to conceptualize yeah but even you and i jack in the 12 13 years we've done this i mean think about this we talk to our houses to do stuff right that seems crazy town right so i think that's going to be the part and i would even say this and even elon musk is on it is like ai could be the greatest innovation but it also could be radically used for the worst thing for humanity (laughs) so i don't mean to be hyperbolic I'm not trying to One like way or the other, users. huh? <laughs> it, it, you know, there's, there's going to be good and bad with every technology. So we're going to have to make sure we have some guardrails in place for whoever uses this, because if we don't, um, uh, you know, consumers and end users are going to be taken advantage of. But the train has left the tracks. Um, but as you and I know, Jack, it's like the adoption of Google on, uh, you know, an older audience now where they search versus yellow pages. I mean, that finally happened maybe four years ago. That was the ultimate tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we'll have the early adopters, but again, I think imagine literally having science fiction conversations with a virtual person where you can ask questions, do stuff in it. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are limitless, but one potential penetration is we use Google to find information Let's get better results, and yeah. that's what they're talking about. Yeah, and it just the the methodology is would just be totally different than what they use right now, uh, which absolutely is, which is crazy. Um, all right, real quick, we have got a few minutes left here. So we're we're getting to uh, Christmas season. It's you know it's interesting, Jason. Just kind of looking at the the tech trends for gifts this year, it feels to me, and and maybe I'm forgetting things, but it feels to me like this year it's just kind of 
upgraded versions of things that have been around for a while that are sort of leading the charge, whether it be your smartwatch, your earbuds, uh, your you know tablets, uh, obviously laptops and and those sorts of things there's not you know there's there's nothing super i mean you're starting to see some things like glasses that are coming out and but i don't think those are real mainstream yet it's just kind of upgrading the things that we've had probably for for five ten years for the most part is that kind of how you see it too yeah i mean again just connected to our old conversation this technology communications industry is ripe for disruption so in this case like I had the Apple Watch now that the battery lasts three days or four days. Hey. It's the Ultra Watch. Hey, oh, wow. man, I I quit using my Garmin. I am really, so really. Yep. Yep. You love that I thing. Just, I know, but now, like, I turn this on like ultra, like outdoor mode. It'll go seven or eight days. Now, my Garmin theoretically could go thirty days if I was out in the boondock. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it is iterations of improvement. Totally agree. You know, everybody knows I'm a nut over the video camera. I'm using iPhone 14 Pro Max now. I can shoot cinematic quality, like cinematic Hollywood quality video with it, with depth of field and blurring backgrounds. It is nuts. But unless you're like a a nerd like I am with with phone cameras, you're probably not going to notice any difference. So I think in general, you're right. A lot of it is refinement. A lot of it is just subtle improvements and different things like that. Um, but again, I, I do think the part that is continuing to improve is the plethora of smart technology for our houses and the unbelievable amount of options that are at good, cheap price points. Yeah. That's, to me, the thing I think consumers need to watch for is it's not near as expensive to make your home smart now. So we watch them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. I mean, well, Amazon, I mean, that's basically what Amazon is doing on all their prime days and all those yes. other things. Is there really, I mean, there's, I'm sure they're, they're making benefits everywhere, but one of the, at least one of the key the purposes of that is getting their, their smart devices out the door, right? Because it turns, yeah, they like it, give that like, stuff away as cheap as right. I bet if <laughs> yes. they, they some of it they would give away, right? Uh, barely. Yeah. I mean, I have a smart thermostat and an Alexa now and a camera at my office. Like it was all super cheap. So like all this stuff. Now I have two zones. I have an office zone. I have my home zone. I have eight zones in my house. I have six Alexas. I mean, it's. And it's all been radically affordable, and I'm saving money on energy. So, yeah, I, I think for those that have been on the fence, now is the time. The, the deep discounts on that stuff, um, oh, my gosh, like ring doorbells, ring security cameras, incredible, mm-hmm. insane. Smart garage doors, yada, 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 smart appliances. Yeah. Uh, now is the time to start looking at that if you've been on the fence. Right audio systems yeah music yes. you know that kind of yes. thing i've got exactly i I've, I've said this before i got the i got the echo in my car i really like that that's Just right you going hands-free with radio and music and and those sorts of things it's kind of like night rider uh basically so <laughs> Exactly. It actually is very similar to Knight Rider when you think about it. So that's cool. Hey, uh, great, Jason. I know these are kind of these are kind of dense topics, so I really appreciate you coming on and making some sense of them for us. Uh, have a great holiday season. Have a great Christmas. You too. We'll, we'll uh, check back in with you probably in January sometime. All right. 
Sounds good, Jack. Happy holidays, man. There you go. Jason Peterson, Generate Marketing, Talking Tech with us. It is 825. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 29 degrees in the capital city on Lincoln's News and Talk 1400-993-KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. All right, 30 degrees in the capital city, and it is time to talk things going on in the uh, in the sports world and Lincoln and beyond, wherever, with John Bishop. Most fun sportsmanlike conduct on our sister station, 1620 The Zone. Morning, John. How are you doing this morning? Sorry, I had my mic muted. There you go. How we come you're going. not out there driving the pace car? Uh, I don't think it opens till ten, right? I don't. I, it, uh, I think it's at ten. So, well, so we're not going to open it during rush hour. I, I don't know. At least the ceremony's at ten. I don't know if it's currently open right now, but I kind of wanted to. I was, you know, I was hoping maybe I would get a call from. I thought I needed some special permission. You're gonna have the mayor and the governor out there. I could have driven both of them together, and we had had a nice conversation in my car oh, while I drove them. Fun. <laughs> so, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> Uh, oh man well uh congratulations all these years of planning and plotting and wishing and hoping and at the end of the day will it actually make a difference that's that's the big question we'll see it is i'll be curious now i i mean i don't know i don't i don't cross highway to all that i mean i do every so often but it's usually like really really late yeah, so, I was going to say, you, you know, live south of Highway 2, so I would think you go over, you're around a decent amount. Well, but, you know, I, I always loop around the city. I go around the western edge, so I miss, you know, I don't actually Man. physically cross Highway God, 2. You, you drive, how much How much time would an east beltway save you for an Omaha to Lincoln A lot, commute? which is why I used to pine Jeez. for it all the time, because I think it would have served the exact same purpose as the south beltway. Now, I get it, you know, they had the, the right-of-ways and... All of that stuff, you know, purchased and planned. So that's why South went in first. But the East Beltway would have done exactly the same thing as the as the South Beltway. It's and and it would have made it easier to go north and south, you know, yeah. up to the interstate. But yeah, no, the but, I mean, well, we'll we'll get that one in twenty ninety nine. The vast majority of people, the biggest impact is going to be to make the the old Highway Two now called Nebraska. Parkway, Nebraska Parkway, uh, yeah. more more travelable. Like that, I mean, that'll be the 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 big impact for the vast majority of of Lincolnites. There's a, I mean, oh it's, sure, it's pretty rare that you could think of a a scenario, a travel scenario where taking the actual South Beltway from a Lincoln to Lincoln destination makes a lot of sense. I suppose, I suppose, if you're at 84th and 
you know, Pine Lake and need to get to the new casino or something, it might make sense. But uh, outside <laughs> outside of that, I'm not sure that it makes a ton of sense for most people. Um, but anyway, yes, should be interesting. Hey, uh, Nebraska football cutting down, at least for a year, the price of season tickets. Um, is... Does this was this always an obvious solution to some of the problems that there had been? I don't know if problems might be a little bit of an aggressive word, but the 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 concerns about the sellout streak, the concerns about making the stadium better, the concerns about making sure that people were there. Was this always something that should have been getting more serious consideration along the way and and going forward as well? Well, I mean, it's just like anything else. If the demand for a product is down, you know, usually the price comes down. And now, you know, to come down this much, um, part of it is symbolic, you know, $100 in 100 years. Um, But also, um, I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, It's about trying to alleviate, you know, maybe some concerns about tickets not being purchased until the, the 11th hour. But, and I think it also speaks to the fact that there's going to be some big new revenues coming in. And if there was a time you could make a one-time dramatic cutback, it it was now because, you know, you're going to have some big new Big Ten revenues. And don't forget, it, Big Ten's going to be on three major networks next year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, NBC's joining, yep. CBS is joining, yep. and, which is just going to make it even easier for people to stay away. Um, if, if they don't want to attend in person. So yeah, there's a lot of things that it serves, uh, you know, but I don't, I mean, it's not going to be something that's going to stay that way forever. And obviously what you're hoping for is through this and through the improvement of a program that, you know, the demand will go back up and the tickets will go back up. And, and it's, and, and, and part of it too is preparing for the unknown and the unknown is, you know, what's the stadium going to look like in 10 years right. and what's it going to be like in the interim? I mean, how many seats are, are going to be lost in every phase of construction? Cause I don't know if they can, I don't know how they'll be able to, you know, do the massive overhaul that they want to do without causing some disruption in the season. Unlike, you know, they, they redid Texas A&M stadium a few years ago and they were able to do it the whole thing in the off season. Well, that's because in Texas the weather is warm yeah. and you can work all the time. Well, around here, you know, you're you're limited to the times you can work because of weather. So, um and that's why like at Wrigley Field, they had to do all of those renovations over several years. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing here, but there's going to be some seats lost in this as well. So, um yeah, there's a lot of different balls in the air right now and 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 this will be of all the different additions, you know, West Stadium, East Stadium, you know, the new, well, I guess it'd be the new old Osborne Complex. Um this is going to be the most um uh in, in invasive or is that the right word am I yeah. looking for? Yeah. yeah. Um it's, it's going to be the most dis- disruptive and it's also going to be most impactful that we've ever seen and you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of pieces that have to be figured out between now and then, and they don't even have the official plans done yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, just as somebody who, 
uh, man, I, I I think it's hard to overdo it right now in terms of of lowering prices and and making the experience better, which I think is directly related to how many people are in the stadium, wider seats, all of those things. But I I have a hard time seeing how you could go too far in that direction right now um, with with any of these things. It's just you know, John. It's like I can't. I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll go to games. I'll buy tickets to to games um, during the year. Um, I get some there's sometimes I'm able to get some from work too, but I'll, I'll buy tickets to, to games during the year. I'll probably go to two to maybe three games a year, but if I'm buying them, like I'm not spending, there's no, I'm going on the secondary market. And if I can't get in for less than 20 bucks, I'm rarely doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like 60, 70 bucks a game. Just it, it's a mismatch in value. It feels like given, given the alternative choice, which is washing it on my couch. At this right. point, I mean, yeah. The only reason you're going to be paying that kind of money is if it's a like a a, a premium game. Yes, right? if it's like, a once like in a, a lifetime game. If it's Notre Dame coming in, like happened in 2000, or Coach Prime. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> in two years, <laughs> maybe uh, that that could be the other thing. But it's just it it's so mismatched right now. Uh, people who are regularly paying, you know, seventy, seventy five, whatever it works out to be for these tickets, it just. It doesn't feel balanced in terms of the the value given where the competition is right now. No, you're you're paying you're paying so that you have them, right? You're paying you know, in, in some ways you're paying. Now, yes, do people go every single game? Absolutely, um, but for the most part, the reason why you're paying that dollar is say, hey, at least I've got them, right? I've mm-hmm. got them when I need them. Yeah, uh, they're here. I've got plenty of people that will use them if I can't. Uh, and, and, and that's why you're doing it. But yeah, for a lot of people in the secondary market, I mean, it's been, it, it, it's, it, it's been good for them, uh, because it's been a buyer's market. You know, you can get in for less than 20 bucks on average quite often. And, and, you know, until, until things change, that's going to be, that's going to be the way it is. So, um, yeah, the, the the lowering of the prices, I think it, it's a good move. It, it is. It's a good move. Um, it's showing some appreciation for the fans. I liked what Matt Rule said during his press conference that, you know, we need to appreciate more what, you know, the money that people spend on this product. And and I've long said that this, this fan base has been taken advantage of, uh, especially the last six years, because, you know, they're they're still showing up for a product that, quite frankly, um, has been bad. Mm-hmm. And 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 that loyalty needs to be respected and and honored. And I think by doing this, um, you're 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 at least giving back a little bit of some of that respect that that the fans get. And I'll be very curious to see what the renewal rate is. And and then you know when we get into July August, when we hear about how many tickets are left, if it if the number is reduced or if it's if it's still the same. And you know, cuz yeah, you have a, a lot point. of different factors. The yeah. lower the the lowering of the price but also the newness of the new head coach and people wanting to see the new thing. Yeah. Uh if if you're wondering or you don't remember and I I don't off the top of my head either, your home slate this year, that's getting you tickets to Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, Michigan, Northwestern, Purdue, Maryland, Iowa. So that's another thing is that's not like the that's not the most premium of home slates either I would say John. No, uh, probably it's it not. probably plays into this as well I would think. 
Yeah, you're you're well, unfortunately your marquee non-conference game because of the timing, it starts on the road, it's not mm-hmm. here. And then you've also got, you know, Minnesota opening uh you're opening on the road on a Right. I think, did they officially announce it's a Thursday night? Yeah, uh 31st. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's the th- yeah, yeah, Thursday night. So, um yeah, it, it, unfortunately you're in that cycle where it's in, you're in the bad end of the cycle, but you still have Michigan and you still have Iowa. Right. Michigan just feels like a, a blowout at this point, you know, uh, given with where they are as a program right now and Nebraska's starting new. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's hard. There's not any of those like, oh, yeah, that's the game I definitely want to want to go to. Who knows? Maybe we'll feel differently in, in September here at this point. But, um, yeah, that's that probably plays into this whole thing, too. Hey, I, I'm curious. Are you surprised that there haven't been – I mean, there, there have been some defections through the transfer portal and obviously Ernest Hausman at the beginning I think was the most probably significant and painful uh for for the Nebraska personnel at least but there just there hasn't been there hasn't been a ton since then of guys at least where you're saying oh man this guy would have been a major contributor in in 2023 and and now they're leaving are you surprised there hasn't been more of that so far in the portal maybe a little but honestly I mean the the Probably of the names we were most concerned about, a lot of them were either I'm going to the NFL or I'm staying, right? So Trey Palmer's left and O'Shawn Mathis is left, and now you're waiting on Casey Thompson and you're waiting on Garrett Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certainly Houseman was uh, was disappointing and surprising um, because of you know all the playing time that he got and and um and the fact that he had gotten better as the season had worn on and it's another one of those high school recruits and and a Nebraska kid that you're like all right well this is this right. is something we can build around but in the bigger picture it, it's it, it's i it's maybe a little encouraging that you know outside of some guys very deep on the depth chart Nebraska hasn't suffered too many major losses in the transfer portal. And when you look at the overall numbers across the conference, while Nebraska is near the top, it's still not that much above average in terms of, you know, actual departures. Yeah. Now there's still time, obviously. Right. Um, and there could be time past- after spring too. So, and there, yeah. and that's another thing that, and, 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 and that's the, that's the one that's going to be really interesting because you've got a 15 day window in the spring. And that's going to be post all of the spring practices. And that's when you're really going to have a better idea of, hey, where is my place? And this could be for any team, not just Nebraska. Where is my place with this new staff? And when you've gone through a series of 13 practices, um, you probably have a better idea. That one, I, I won't say it won't, it, it will be greater in volume, but it could be more volatile in terms of, you know, some impactful players. Uh, because especially in these new situations, you're getting used to a new coach. You're like, eh, I didn't like this. I didn't like this experience. I'm not going to like it here, so I'm going to move on. Or, um, you know, somebody sees an opportunity somewhere else, uh, and then they say, oh, well, I'm going to jump in and, and go right away. So the spring one's going to be rather interesting. Yeah. Um, again, not so much for volume, but it could be pretty volatile. Yeah. Um, but for right now, I would say if I'm Matt Rule, I'm fairly pleased that the departures haven't been super numerous um and 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 the other part of it too that we have to factor in is there is that loophole and I know Lincoln Riley used it last year at USC where you can keep a guy on scholarship but basically move them off the roster and 
and and it doesn't count against you. Mm. And that is a possibility that exists. I know rule. I, I think he's intimated he's not going to do that. But you do wonder there may be a case or two, especially a medical case that yeah. that that shows up. But for the most part, I think it's uh, it's been a fairly positive turnover so far. It'd be fast. It'd be fascinating. It's, I'm just curious, and we don't hear much about it, but just kind of those ongoing conversations, relationships to the extent that they exist between the returning players and the new coaching staff, and how that's being built up, if that's being right. built up, and 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 I you know I think your immediate responsibility well. Well, must be to some degree, um, given that you've got you've got some of the guy. I'd, I'd like to just know about one way or about Casey Thompson one way or the other, though. It's hard. Yeah, to you even, wonder when the deadline hard to even is, think right? about the team without knowing if he's going to be back or not. To some right, that's, it seems to be a huge question. I, I would love to know what the conversations have been like. You know, is there is there a, a deadline of sorts for Casey? Because mm-hmm. if you're Matt Rule, you got to know which way you're going to go because there's a lot of quarterbacks that are out there in the portal. And I know they've talked to one at least, um, but you know, you, you want to have an idea. Hey, where exactly do we stand here? And so when is, you know, is, is there kind of an agreed upon date between those two where it's like, Hey, I need to know by this date that I'm either going to be back or not. And, you know, Casey may not still be ready to make that choice yet because of, you know, his health or, you know, maybe some other opportunities. Uh, all right. Well, I got to do one basketball question. Just seeing, and I don't know how much you actually saw of it, uh, Nebraska Purdue, um, but just the, the fact that Nebraska hung in that, kind of used that same style um, of, of being just a pest defensively, that they were able to make it a game with Purdue, arguably one they should have won or did win. Um, uh, how much does that take away any thought that what happened against Creighton was, was kind of fluky? And, and do you think they can keep that up? And actually get wins with that this year. It looks exhausting <laughs> to watch, frankly. That they able to, so I do wonder how often, they, how much they can keep it up during the year. Well, I mean, this is this is the bed they've made, so this is what they're going to do. And um, you know, you do have the holidays coming up, but uh, you know, momentum is huge. Momentum is everything, and and I think um, you know, the Indiana game didn't sap enough, uh, didn't sap a lot of that momentum. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought they played well, uh, considering the circumstances being down a key player. Um, and then you come home and you've got some energy in the building and it's an earlier tip. And sometimes those are tricky games, Mm -hmm. especially if you're on the road, those earlier tips. And, and I thought Nebraska did a great job of, of taking advantage of, you know, some of the things that they were able to do. And this is, this is who they are. This is what they're going to be. And, and, and listen, it can work. Uh, you know, Creighton did something very similar last year. They had to change their style based on the personnel that they had and, and it worked for them. And so it's, it's now working for Nebraska. Is it sustainable? Well, it's going to have to be because this is, yeah. this is what they've decided they're going to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so far it's working. And, um, you know, obviously we'll know in a few more weeks after you really get through the grind, you know, you got Kansas state coming up and then you hit the bean of the big 10 schedule. Um, but it's off to a really good start. And, you know, there should be a lot of folks that are encouraging for the older fans. It'll take them back to the days of Mo Iba, you know, <laughs> low scoring games or, or Do- Doc Sadler's probably more accurate. Yeah. Cause Mo Iba was before the shot clock. Oh, We're not going to have four corners, you know, Two-minute-long possessions here, but oh, uh, man. but uh, definitely some Doc Sadler-like basketball. All right. Hey, uh, thank you, John. I appreciate it. Have a good show, and we will uh, check in with you next week again. All right. Enjoy that beltway, folks. There you go. John Bishop. 
1620 The Zone. Save 55. We'll wrap it up after this song, KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, tomorrow on the show, we're giving away tickets to the Magical Lights of Seward's on, on Ticket Thursday. That's at 710. We'll have the girl Lincoln Dean. We'll have Greg Sharp as well. Friday's request line Friday. That quintessential song that reminds you of your peak childhood Christmas, whenever that was. Uh, we want to hear that from you, so text those in uh, as soon as right now. If you want to get a request in for Request Line Friday on the Rick Stein Recognition Text Line, 402-479-1400. Um, I know this probably doesn't affect a lot of people, but it's just interesting. I-80 Highway 30 westbound at North Platte still closed. They're not letting truck parking anywhere west of Grand Island. They're turning trucks around if they get there. It's 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.